0: Hey everyone, welcome to She's My Person Podcast, presented to you by myself, Ellen, and my co host, Jenna. Hey y'all. Before we dive into the nitty gritty, we want to tell you a little bit about who we are and what we hope to share with you on She's My Person Podcast. When people ask me what I do for a living, I like to tell them I'm an entrepreneur. But really, that's just a fancy way to say I was laid off at the beginning of this crazy pandemic we are all in. I was on the University of Pittsburgh track and field team. You can find my name listed in the record book on the four by 15 relay team. I still call Pittsburgh home with a heart for the Penguins and Steelers. I'm the spontaneous one of the duo, excited about a plan I've been. I feel deeply, but with a lighthearted approach. And if there's ever been a time for needing my person, It's 2020.
1: Hey, y'all. I'm Jenna, and I'm the more emotional one of the two. Being a business owner in the middle of a global pandemic has only elevated that to a new level of dramatics. I graduated from High Point University in North Carolina, and I've been a Southern girl ever since. I now call the sandy beaches of Hilton Head Island home. I'm the calculated one, but I find comfort in the crazy when I'm with my person.
0: We dream as hard as we love, and we are excited to show you the balance that makes us us this friendship is our anchor and it's not lost on how rare this is to have a constant in a world that only knows how to change
1: to have something effortless in a world that seems to always need more to love someone so fiercely that prioritizing them comes as naturally as breathing her words are the only that speak louder than my insecurity she's the standing ovation for every win and the cozy place to fall for every loss it's the soul bearing truth-telling, life-giving, safe space that I couldn't exist without. We hope the depth of our connection and the vulnerability that we bring to the table gives you the courage to cultivate it in your own world. We invite you to actively participate and engage with us during each conversation we have. We are so grateful that you are here and we cannot wait to share what's next. Hey y'all, welcome back to She's My Person podcast. We hope you were able to catch our episode last week. We had our guest, Kennedy Curry of her relationship, join us. We dove into race and what this year has really been like for her. It was an incredibly powerful conversation, a lot of emotion. So if you missed that, definitely tune into that episode as well. But today we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to jump into relationships, vulnerability within relationships, different things that we've experienced and learned and grown from. So the next couple of weeks will be based upon that. And we're just going to dive right in today. Elle's going to tell you a little bit about our topic this week.
2: Hey, everyone. Like Jenna said, I hope you were able to tune into our episode last week. We had a lot of fun with Kennedy. She is an amazing woman. And we are now shifting gears to a little more lighthearted kind of conversation yeah. because what, what we were talking about last week is some powerful, powerful stuff. But yeah, this week here, we're actually going to talk about desperation. And Jen and I were, were talking about this leading up to our conversation today and just kind of how desperation can go two different ways. You can either look at it from an ego standpoint or an emotional standpoint. And, and obviously we've all been there. I think you know, it's easy to look back and think of times that you might've had desperation or you might've been really upset about something and let your emotions get the best of you. And that's okay. But it is important to be able to distinguish the two and be able to tell when you're dealing with someone that might be showing desperation to you, whether it's within a friendship or a relationship, if they're using it in a way to show you what they're feeling and express their emotions, or if they're using it in a way to make you feel bad so they feel better and they're showing their ego side of it because they're upset that you just aren't interested in them. So we, we just want to kind of dive in and just kind of explain the difference and see, tell you what we've seen with this and give some examples to that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I'm a believer that desperation is what is present when our worthiness is absent, you know, because when we're acting in that desperation state, where we're receiving that from somebody else, it's our need to feel emotionally validated in that moment. And, you know, Elle and I have obviously both experienced this from men, but we've also, you know, been the person on the other side of that too. And the deeper that we are in the emotion, the deeper that we are in that attachment, the more disconnected we are from our worthiness in that moment. And a lot of times that's when that desperation, that need to send seven or eight texts at a time with no response (laughs) shows up because it's like we're unable to find validation from our own hearts and we're looking for it externally. And that's oftentimes present in a romantic relationship. It does show up in friendships as well, but we just really decided to dive into the relationship front. It's something that's been front and center for us in our lives at multiple different times, you know, both on our end and on the other person's end. And I know for me, you know, I had a long relationship in high school that was that way. I need emotional validation from my partner. My love language has and will always be words of affirmation, which Ellen knows this because (laughs) we have like, I running joke. My my Christmas card is like my most important thing, and I, I always get a card. And Elle's like finally on the card train. But we always joke around. Just like you know, we've even had to learn our love languages and our friendship. But in relationships, it's shown up a lot. And you know, a trigger for me is to not receive that emotional validation. And I know that that's when I transition into that desperation state of sending more messages than I should. Or you know, dipping below my standards and below what I know that I'm worthy of in love, just because I need that immediate gratification. So it's an incredibly powerful thing. And I also think it transitions into being some of our weakest moments because, you know, we're, we're unable to feel that, that feeling of worthiness and acceptance. And we all desire that every second of every day. It's, it's part of being human.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, the ego versus Emotional desperation can kind of play into insecurity versus knowing what you want and feeling secure in in your decisions. And I mean, everyone wants to feel validated. It doesn't mean that you're not secure as a person. But I do think when you kind of tip on that line a little bit, you do start going towards your insecurities and everything that you felt like you could overcome or you were confident about in a relationship. Once someone says, I don't want to be with you anymore, or they, walk away or they, for whatever reason, just aren't, the relationship's just not working out, that's whenever that ego side starts to come out and the insecurities that you might have kind of pushed away or tried to deal with because you had this relationship come back. Sometimes I think people rely on a relationship to make them feel confident and that's okay. But you know, it's sometimes you have to feel confident in yourself before stepping into a relationship because it can get unhealthy and there can be a very scary line between being emotionally invested and also just needing that validation for yourself and yourself only.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think we've both been in relationships where we've stayed longer than we both know that we should have because Mm -hmm. of that security and that validation and feeling like we needed that person you know because everybody in the world likes to tell you that finding love is where you find your worthiness and your value and like that's the that's the thing that we all believe that we need to be chasing and so i think it's a natural human emotion to try to hold on more tightly than we know that we should in the moment because we're attached to that security and that validation that we're getting from that person but there's a point where that turns toxic and not just in the sense that it's that that person is toxic but when you're depending on that relationship to constantly provide you with your worthiness and your validation. And you begin, I believe that when a relationship starts to become unhealthy is when you start to depend on their opinion of you more than your own opinion of yourself. Yeah. And the younger that you are, at least for us, I know like the relationships that we had in college and in high school, this was a lot more present because you're still figuring out who you are. And I, I still believe that I'm still figuring out who I am today. But that line, when that line is crossed, when, when they hold your value, And your confidence, and you're finding those things in them instead of your own reflection and your own being. I believe that that's when that problem starts to arise, and when that desperation starts to come into play because you feel like you have to have them. Whereas a relationship should be, you know, it's that codependency. A relationship should be you're able to be independent and lean on that person, not like I find everything of value within this other person and I couldn't be whole without them. It's like it's understanding the difference between the two.
2: Definitely. And I think when you're on the other side of that, you can kind of see that in your partner. And sometimes that can be a red flag or it can be a reason that you want to step away from that relationship because a lot of times people don't want to be the only reason that they're okay. You know, you want to be with someone that is stable and they're confident in who they are. They don't, you don't want them leaning on you or relying on you for everything. And that's not to say, I mean, if, if I'm having a bad day, you know, I'm picking up the phone and calling Jenna. Um, It doesn't mean that you can't lean on a person or someone that you're in a relationship with or whatever that looks like. It more so just means you need to be sure of who you are as a person in your decisions and you're not making decisions based off of the relationship that you're in for your own individual reasons.
1: Well, I think that's a good point too, Al. It's like, Having another person outside of your relationship that you can lean on is really important and we've shared a lot about this on our Instagram of like you know we understand the power of like finding a soulmate or a soul tie outside of finding that in a lover because we found that with each other and as much as i know that whoever i spend the rest of my life with will be a huge blessing they can't be the person that i lean on for everything and you're going to have issues in your relationship you're going to have moments where you need validated from other areas of your life and so when that relationship is the only pressure point where you lean on that for absolutely everything, it becomes a very unhealthy attachment. And we, the reason I've become so connected to our friendship is because it's like I, I have found security in something that isn't going to change, that isn't going to walk out of my life. And so that, that pressure on the relationships, that codependency has honestly become absent for me the closer that Ellen and I have gotten. And so I think that's a powerful recognition too is understanding that you need to have other avenues in your life that you're leaning on when things get tough so that your relationship isn't holding the weight of everything in your world. Because no matter how in love with that person you are, no matter how incredible your relationship is, nobody can hold all of who you are all of the time. And it's, it's not a fair expectation on either
2: end. I, yep, no, and I completely agree. And I think you could probably notice a shift and the person that I was when I I for anyone listening, I, I actually dated a guy from high school into my junior year of college. So it was probably about six years on and off. But we were mostly together for all six of those years. So it was kind of something that became normal to me. It was almost like an extension of myself, this relationship. And I was so young. So obviously I wasn't really even fully sure of the person that I was, but it was it was such a mirror and it was, it, was, it was just basically my whole life for that point that I never really knew what was outside of it. And we began to kind of grow apart and our lives were starting to change towards the end of the last year that we were together. So we ended up breaking up and really didn't talk after. We kind of just ended right there. And it was, it was a wake-up call. I mean, as much as I thought the breakup was necessary, it was very hard to understand who am I, And how do you date (laughs) or how do you move on from dating someone? I mean, there's so many different things that you have to reevaluate after you lose a relationship, but it's very important. And I can talk almost from maybe mistakes that I've made. If you want to call them mistakes, I would more so probably call them lessons. But there were times that, you know, I tried to be with someone or I felt like I needed to make something work just because there was something missing in myself and I didn't feel like I was fully the person that I wanted to be. But rather than taking the time alone and trying to figure that out, I kind of went the opposite approach and just tried to put a band-aid on and showed some desperation in my past by doing that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I I think we've all been there. And there's also a component of, you know, when we speak about any lessons that we've had or any moments in our life that we feel like we could have done things differently. We're really learning, especially this year and everything that has come up, both feelings and events alike, that there has to be a component of grace because at that moment you acted with the knowledge that you had in the best way that you knew how at that phase of your life. And so, you know, it's, there, there's a big forgiveness aspect that comes if you're still holding on to times that you stayed in unhealthy attachments. And Ellen and I worked through a lot of that this year, kind of not on purpose. It was just natural that we started to let go of some things some old soul ties that we had from our past and began just understanding that, you know what, we can forgive ourselves for that. Like, yes, we hung on too long. And yes, at one point it became unhealthy. And so that forgiveness piece has to come into play because the trauma that you have in other relationships, whether emotional, physical, whatever it is, is going to continue to show up in every relationship that you have thereafter if you're not able, able to forgive yourself. Like that moving on cannot happen without that forgiveness piece. And I think for a while, we were really hard on ourselves about that, because as soon as we knew more, then we were like, well, why didn't we do better? So if you are in a relationship that isn't honoring all of who you are, that you feel like you've held on too long, or you're finding too much of yourself in that person, I really believe that the first aspect around that is forgiving yourself, because if you're able to do that, and you're able to find a little bit more security in who you are, it helps you not end up in that same place again.
2: Yeah. And And I think you make a really great point that you have to forgive yourself and you have to recognize you may have done something that doesn't agree with who you are as a person to the core, but that's okay because you might have been in a mental space that, that felt like the right thing at that time. And I think it's important that you can recognize something that maybe didn't go with your normal reaction or your normal decision that you would make. Recognize that you did it and then move past it or learn from it. I mean, you don't have to sit there and think about it and bring it into every next relationship that you're in. Because like Jenna said, you really can't move into another relationship if you have that holding on to you and you didn't forgive yourself because that relationship will be affected. And a lot of times you might not even realize it was a decision that you made personally. It sometimes will come into the relationship in a new perspective and you continue to have different issues that are all going back to the same problem that you might have had from years ago, if you weren't able to handle that within yourself.
1: Definitely. And I've noticed a lot of it show up in my current relationship. There's been a lot of healing in our love and he's significantly older than me, which has actually been a very big learning process, one that has healed so many parts of my heart that I didn't even realize we're still holding on to past ties or past lessons or mistakes, if whatever, whatever you want to call them, we prefer <laughs> to call them lessons, because every single one of them taught us something. But you know, in, in our relationship, I realized how difficult it is for me to receive. I've found a lot of my worth in what I'm able to give another person, which means that my worth has been tied up in a lot of the people that I've loved, which has made it very hard and Elle knows this, it's very hard for me to let go. Like I'm I'm the one known for long after the relationship has been called off or we've shifted into different gears, still wanting to feel wanted by that person. Because when we were in the relationship, I was finding my worth in what I was able to give them and how well I was able to love them. And in one of my very first encounters with the guy that I'm now seeing, he was like, do you have any idea how to receive? And it was like this wake up call question because I was like, no, I don't. And I never I never gave the men that I dated prior to him the space to even receive because I was just so wrapped up in how much can I get? How much can I love? How much worth can I find in this person's heart because I was so disconnected from my own. And you know, it traces back to body insecurities and eating disorders and things like that which will be a whole separate episode, but it was such a wake-up call for me to be with a partner that was like you deserve to also just sit and receive love too. And that, that piece of emotional security I had never felt before because I was like, oh, wow, like my, my ego, my emotions, everything can rest when I feel the balance of the give and take. And prior to this relationship, I had never had that. Um, and so I think too, it's like, sometimes you will love people that help you heal. I think that that's a powerful thing. But with that comes self-reflective pieces. And you have to be willing, just like Elle said, to do the work instead of finding relationships to do the work for you. And there are going to be people, I mean, just in our friendship, we have things that come up every day that I have to sit and self-reflect on. But it's like when somebody does bring something up for you, whether it's a trigger or a lesson or a blessing, are you willing to sit with that new information and say, what can I learn from this from my own heart perspective, instead of what can I find in their heart to further validate my own?
2: Yeah. And I think you make a great point because you know, like you said, the man that you're currently with was able to see that you cannot receive, and I think that says a lot about the character that he has and the the point in his life that he's at. He's very confident and sure of who he is and what he wants. Um, and if you were with someone that maybe wasn't completely confident, or they were just more so in the relationship for their own reasons and their ego they probably would be fine with you not receiving because it wasn't affecting them. And that's something that I think stands out in a great relationship as opposed to one that you're both just in for your own reasons, because you may have not even realized that he didn't notice it. And I know that might sound confusing, but if you're both just in it for your own reasons, you're so focused on yourself and what you're feeling that you're not really even picking up on those cues. So the fact that the man that you're with was able to see that in you and you were able to appreciate that from him shows that you're both in a very, very healthy spot in your relationship and within the people that you are.
1: Well, yeah. And I mean, we're all better lovers when we're confident. And, you know, Ellen and I have had a lot of conversations about this because our confidence, you know, we, we actually always were, I feel like, balanced and we would feel insecure in different areas. Like we were never insecure in the same thing at the same time, but we both have battled insecurity with different things in love and in life, and even in our careers, I feel like that insecurity piece has shown up at different times for both of us. But that, I feel that the difference between a healthy dependence on a lover or a friend or a coworker versus an unhealthy attachment where you feel like their emotions determine your mood, which I've been in many relationships where that <laughs> is the case, and it causes emotional turmoil because your confidence, your security is wrapped up in another person that you have no control over. And so, you know, we've learned that that difference in the ego and the emotion and finding someone who, you know, you're able to have that healthy dependence with without the unhealthy attachment is the balance because your security and your confidence is literally influences how you love and how you live. So if you're finding that in your own heart, that's not going to change. You're able to show up to your relationship, to your friendships, to your job, every day confident in what your heart feels. And that changes day to day. But your confidence can stay present because you're finding it from within yourself and that's been the biggest shift this year for me is knowing that regardless of what my partner's feeling or regardless of what anybody else in my world feels, I can show up with the confidence in my own heart so that I can be a secure and loving partner to them instead of finding my security in their heart, which is always shifting and I have no power over bringing that back to where it needs to be at that equilibrium spot. So, you know, we kind of just talked about the two differences in the the ego and the emotion. And I feel like those are the two drivers for desperation in any relationship or friendship.
2: Absolutely. And I will say, I mean, I can't even feel myself. And like you mentioned earlier, I feel like I'm constantly learning who I am and trying to grow. I think you can always get a better version of yourself depending on the different paths of life that you take and what you learn and lessons that you might have. But I notice in the relationship that I'm currently in, I find myself... Recognizing things that I I might have done even a year ago that I that I've kind of trained myself to see differently or think differently. And an example I have I had a job interview actually yesterday, and I was really excited to tell the guy how it went. I just wanted to talk to him about it, and he was dealing with some stuff. And he actually called me to talk to me about it, but I wasn't available when he called. So that would technically be my fault at that time. Not that it's anyone's fault, but. I wasn't available so then I called him back and he was dealing with some things with one of his athletes that he's going through that was a much more pressing situation at that time and I was able to recognize this doesn't need to be discussed this exact second like no matter how excited I am or want to talk to you about it and get your feedback I can wait until tomorrow or whatever time that is and you know maybe a year ago I would have tried to tell him anyway or tried to see if he would have a couple of minutes that he could talk about it, or I'd get upset that I didn't get to tell him. Where in reality, it's, it's just recognizing that it's not the end of the world either way. Like If you're confident in yourself and you can be okay to just wait and not feel like you have to tell every single thing or get that immediate validation or that immediate feedback, I think it's important. And that's a extreme example. It doesn't fully describe what we're talking about it, but it's just something that happened recently that I felt myself switch a little bit with my reaction as to how I would handle something like that in a relationship now as compared to a year ago.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it it further correlates into knowing that you don't need that validation from another person, or you don't need to shift or change the way that you do things for their immediate approval. Because the one thing that I think both of the relationships that we're in have taught us is that the right people are going to stay, they're going to stay in the emotion, they're going to stay in all of the moments that you feel like you're unworthy or unlovable, because regardless of how confident, how secure you feel, you're going to have days where you're just like not yourself, you know, and days where you throw tantrums or are overly emotional, whether it's a big thing or a little thing or days that your hormones are off. And so you know i i do believe that the biggest component of finding a relationship that has absence of desperation is finding someone that is able to love you in a healthy way in every single one of your emotions and i think that that is what both of our partners currently have taught ellen and i in different ways but that the right person is going to just be there and you're going to be enough for them in all moments and so if, if there's a person that is making you feel desperate or making you feel like you're having to beg to receive that emotional validation or constantly not showing up or, you know, those kind of things where it's triggering that desperation. To me, it's been a cue that I'm not with the right person because they're not healthily balancing my emotions. And, you know, at some point in your life, you have to recognize who you are. And for me, that's an incredibly emotional person. Like I need to feel things deeply. I need somebody to listen to how I feel and have the emotional intelligence to sit there and respond, whether they needed to take it to that depth or not. And so it's also just acknowledging, are you with a partner that is willing to see you in all of your ways and love you in each of them? Because th- that's the only way that you can achieve a healthy love. If you're hiding parts of yourself, if you are being quiet in moments where you feel like you need to speak, you're never going to find that balance of not feeling desperate for their love and their affection and their validation. And I think that that's been the lesson that we've had with our partners. And it's actually opened our eyes to how different our past relationships have been because we're like, oh my gosh, we relied so much on different things from then. And we would call each other in tears and desperate for that approval and that validation from someone who was never going to give it to us in the way that we needed either. So there's a component of acknowledging if you're even with the right partner, because a lot of times when those desperate needs come up, especially on a consistent basis, to me, it's a red flag that all of your needs are not being met.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, because you know, if it's right, it really isn't supposed to be hard. And that's not to say that you won't go through tough times or you won't experience hard things in your relationship. It's just that the everyday conversation and the feelings that you have when you're with them are supposed to be so natural and you don't have to feel like you're forcing anything. And that comes from the confidence in yourself and the confidence that your partner has, which is a very important thing like we've talked about. And I think- there are red flags. And I think that if you are feeling that desperate need to text a bunch of times and you're not getting a response, or if you feel like you're constantly fishing for compliments because they're not giving you what you're looking for, or if your partner's doing that with you, you know, there's something that both of you need to either talk about and figure out, or it might not just be the right relationship for you because it's one one side of it's not healthy and it's then affecting the other side of the relationship. So there there are definitely some red flags to look out for in those situations. And it's just kind of getting more comfortable understanding what you're looking for and what you feel is going to make you happy within a relationship. And like we said, it's not, it's not this whole formula that you're never going to feel like you need validated or you're never going to want a compliment. That's that's almost crazy to think if that's going to be the way your relationship is, but it's more just understanding that, that they get me and I get them and, and they're going to they're gonna get back to me because that's just how we are. Whatever, whatever that rock foundation might be, you have to recognize it in order to have a healthy relationship.
1: Yeah. And that's the, that's the security piece. And I think you bring up a good point too, Elle, you know, we talk about raising red flags, but I also think that, you know, we, we've never been believers that real, true, honest, salt of the earth love is supposed to be easy. And in both of our relationships, we've had to already do a lot of work. And I don't think that that is a red flag. So I wanted to just make sure that I was like, once you brought that up, I was realizing like that point of clarity of acknowledging that, I am a strong believer, and I think that you know I speak for Elle here too. That if you're both committed to the fight, if you're fighting for the same thing, if you're fighting that good fight together, and the goal is the same, that's going to remove that desperation piece. I believe that the desperation shows up when one person is fighting like hell and playing everything on the line and saying I want this relationship to work, and they're fighting for that goal, and the other partner is not. That's where that desperation starts to come into play. So you know, if you're in a relationship with a partner, and you're doing some honest soul, raw emotion, just work with one another to get to a place that you both want to be at. And that end goal is the same, then I will never tell you it's not worth the fight. I'm a strong believer that the harder you fight for something, the more that you can appreciate it every day that you get to love that person. But it's making sure that every step of the way, your eyes are set on the same prize. And whether that's therapy, or that's having honest conversations or saying, you know, in my relationship, there's been a lot of times where I've had to say, like, hey, I know that you need this. But in order for me to accommodate that, I'm going to need this from you in return. And so being able to vocalize that is a maturity piece of love that I never had before, because somebody can't know how to love you unless you're willing to tell them what you need. And so to expect to step into a relationship and have all of your needs met and not feel desperate and not feel like you need validated without having those honest conversations is an unrealistic expectation in my opinion. But it's like, are you willing to show up? Are you willing to be honest about what you need? Are you willing to then give that person the space to provide you with what you need? Because we also can reject what we need sometimes and try to like, take independence too loud. So it's, it's all of those components coming together, but also both of you being committed to the same fight and that you're fighting on the same team for the same goal. And so in that case, I believe that, you know, the emotion and the work is worth it, but the desperation will then fall off because both of you are committed to each other and committed to the work.
2: Yeah. And I, I love everything you just said. <laughs> I, think, um, <laughs> I think, you know, eye on the same prize is such a great point because you really do need to know what your relationship is supposed to look like or what you guys both want in order to be happy. And that looks different for everyone. Every relationship is different. Every person is different. So if you can be on the same page with your person, it's going to go so much better for you two individually than it would if you're trying to follow some blueprint or some way yeah. that relationships are supposed to go. If you can just get that, that chemistry and that understanding together, the rest is going to come really, really naturally. And I think that is very important just to make sure you're both fighting on the same team. You're not fighting against each other. You're trying to build together. And, you know, we've, we've gone back and forth with desperation and ego and all these different conversations. And as you know, relationships are so, they're just, there's a lot to them. They're, they're very um, in depth and there's a lot of different things that affect relationships or what can relationships can bring to your life. So we like we had mentioned before, we're going to keep talking about this and next week we're also going to be really diving into some relationship conversation. Jen, I don't know if you have anything else to add to our discussion today, but I just want everyone to know we we're we're going to continue to discuss relationships because this is this is something that we deal with a lot and have definitely helped shape us as even individuals in our lives.
1: Yeah, no, I, um, I think that, you know, we really covered everything that we wanted to cover today. I just also wanted to mention that if you're, we talked a lot about desperation from us being the ones that express it. So if you're the one that's also receiving that desperation, I, I think it's a question of, is this person somebody that I want to love and want to commit to? Because if it's getting to a place where it's feeling unhealthy, you're not willing to give them the energy that they need. I think having the courage to have that tough conversation to say, hey, my feelings just aren't where yours are, to stop that train of desperation before it gets started, because we're in an era where ghosting people is all too easy and you know letting relationships just fall off without a conversation is all too easy. And so if you are that person that's receiving it and that 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 isn't something that you are willing to or wanting to pursue anymore being able to just have that conversation to stop that unhealthy cycle of, you know, them sending you a million messages a day, because it's not healthy for you either. And then being tough with that boundary, if that's not respected, if you had that conversation, and that that's not being respected by that other person and doing the necessary things that you need to do to allow that energy to not be in your life anymore. Because to me, and I think the theme of this whole episode is desperation is a sign, a cue a God wink that like, it's not a healthy relationship. It's not a good energy. It's not something that you're both committed to. And you're not on the same page. Because if you were, you would know that you need to be meeting those person's needs in a different way or vice versa. So regardless of how it's showing up, to me, it's the loudest sign in your relationship that something is not working and that you're fighting on different teams. So it just comes down to that courage and that bravery to honor what you need, honor what you want, and then follow through with the conversation.
2: Absolutely. I, I'm really glad that you made that point actually, because it's one thing to recognize desperation from yourself or in the relationship, but it's another thing to take that extra step and, and stop it before it gets to the point where you're so far in that they're trying to manipulate the situation because you will run into that too, where they will almost blame you or make you feel like you did something wrong to get to this point. But if you can recognize it in the beginning and say maybe we're not on the same page, maybe this isn't the relationship that I was hoping for, where I thought it could go and end it before you're too far in, then I think that's a really important thing that you can do just for yourself even. And I yeah, I definitely think that knowing and being able to say that is is really important for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The point of this podcast all the way through on every topic will be how important tough conversations are, because that's how you achieve everything that you want in life and love and work. It's like, you have to be willing to go to that vulnerable place to have a conversation and to make sure that you keep your needs front and center because you cannot love anyone well, if you're not loving yourself well. And I know that that sounds cliche, but it's so true because if that confidence and that security is found in another person, you're never going to be able to give them the love and the security that they're going to need either, which is going to create that unhealthy bond. So We're going to continue to dive more into this next week with y'all. We'll actually have some guests on this topic too coming up, just really discussing relationships, vulnerability, how to have these tough conversations that we've touched a little bit on today. So we hope that y'all will tune in and thank you so much for listening today. We're really enjoying sharing this space with y'all.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Hope to talk with you guys again.